Hi, I'm Edwin. And I'm Andrew. Two men. Fifteen minutes. Eternal impact. Welcome to Text Talk. His glory I will see. I will Happy Friday, Edwin. Friday. Friday. Or is it Thursday? No, it is Friday. Oh, it, it is, is Friday. Friday. That's right. I know this throws us off every week because we do not record on the same week that we're publishing. We don't? No, no okay, we, don't. we don't. And I, okay. I, I know it makes it tough. It makes it tough. So, yes, we are recording on a Thursday several weeks ago, but it's Friday now, and we're glad you're listening. It's Friday. <laughs> <laughs> we're glad that you're listening in. Edwin, you have way too much fun doing this. I do have a lot of fun doing this. I have taken this and run with it. So, Edwin, <laughs> what is our text as we close out this week? Yeah, we're in Acts chapter 22 still. We're going to read verses 22 through 29. I am reading from the English Standard Version. Up to this word, they listened to him. Then they raised their voices and said, Away with such a fellow from the earth, for he should not be allowed to live. And as they were shouting and throwing off their cloaks and flinging dust into the air, the tribune ordered him to be brought into the barracks, saying that he should be examined by flogging to find out why they were shouting against him like this. But when they had stretched him out for the whips, Paul said to the centurion who was standing by, Is it lawful for you to flog a man who is a Roman citizen and uncondemned? When the centurion heard this, he went to the tribune and said to him, What are you about to do? For this man is a Roman citizen. So the tribune came and said to him, Tell me, are you a Roman citizen? And he said, Yes. The tribune answered, I bought the citizenship for a large sum. Paul said, But I am a citizen by birth. So those who were about to examine him withdrew from him immediately, and the tribune also was afraid, for he realized that Paul was a Roman citizen and that he had bound him. So Jackson Andrews not here this week with us. I'm glad you've been able to fill in for him. You've done a great job. I've really appreciated it. Thank you very much for your hard work this week. If Andrew were here, though, I know exactly what he would say. He would say, yet another Acts sermon, and it does not get to be finished. It gets interrupted, and here's the point. Now, most of the time when it gets interrupted is when the resurrection comes up, but here it gets interrupted when the Gentiles come up. So we're reminded that the reason this is all started is because there were some folks that accused Paul of bringing a Gentile into the temple. They started listening to him because he spoke Hebrew, and so that made that Hebrew-Jewish connection. But now he said, I was sent to the Gentiles. And once he says that, all bets are off. They're not going to listen. And who knows Who knows what's happened? Last week, I, I just was in awe at the end of Acts 21 that, that Paul gets this opportunity to preach the gospel. What a, what a powerful thing that is. On the surface, at first, everyone rejects, but we don't know what people are going to do with this in time to come. Even if all of these folks continue in their rejection for the rest of their lives, the word of God still does not return to him void because sometimes sometimes what the word is accomplishing is leaving people without excuse. And now here, by the providence of God, Paul has been able to preach the gospel to these folks. They've heard it. They've heard about how he was saved. They've learned even how to respond to the gospel so that they also can be saved. At this moment, they are rejecting. You're going to the Gentiles. No, we're not going to tolerate that. And so they interrupt. Paul's taken in. Uh, We mentioned earlier in the week how interesting it is that the tribune had missed when Paul said he was a citizen of the city of Tarsus. And so now he's actually going to violate Roman law, bind up Paul, 
in, um, interview him, interrogate him by flogging, which was n you were not allowed to do to a Roman citizen. And so Paul kind of bides his time a moment, and then he turns to the centurion and says, um, you know I'm a Roman citizen, right? And the centurion's, oh, no, and he runs to the tribune. Do you realize what you're doing? The tribune comes and talks to him. Huh, you're a citizen. And it really didn't matter why he was a citizen, but it's almost like the tribune wants to say, well, wait a minute, are you are you... Are you a real citizen or did you just buy your way in? And, and Paul said, no, 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 I was born a citizen. And who knows what it was that his family had done, grandfather, great-grandfather, father, who knows what they had done that allowed them to have this citizenship. But what, a, what an interesting thing, Paul, a citizen of Rome. And so now the Tribune's upset and scared and worried about what's going to happen. So that, that's all what's going on here. Uh, this can seem kind of like just filler stuff. Here's some, here's some just events. Well, let's get, get to the good stuff when he's going to get back to preaching. But I, I guess I just want to throw to you, Jackson, where, where does this take your mind as you're reading this, this account? First and foremost, I think it's fascinating and fair to point out that Paul does again, offer up that he's a Roman citizen here. But if you recall several weeks ago when we read Acts 16, I think it was, when they were in Philippi, mm -hmm. he was not as quick to flex the Romans, the Trump card, if you no, will. he didn't, yeah. So it's very fascinating that he does do it here. Um, and I got to tell you, I don't know why. I don't know exactly why here and not then or why not then and why here. Mm -hmm. But I do think it's interesting. It is fair to point that out. So mm -hmm. that was where my mind went first and foremost. So different situations, he responds in different ways. Yes, yeah. he does respond in different ways. So, changing gears from that, and he says, the Tribune says in verse 28, he answered, I bought this citizen for a large sum. Mm. So, he was able to purchase his citizenship for mm -hmm. a large sum of mm -hmm. money. And so, his citizenship is with the Roman Empire. That's how he identifies himself, and he purchased that. Mm. We're not citizens of the Roman Empire. We are citizens of America, the United States <laughs> of America. Are. Maybe not we all are. our listeners, but you and Maybe I are. Maybe not. Yeah. Um, but we are, and we have that citizenship. But we're also citizens of somewhere else, mm. and that's citizens of heaven. You mm. know? We are citizens of the kingdom of heaven. And I would say that you probably can't buy into that with a large sum of money, right? No. No, no mm. you can't. Um, and so... What that does recall, though, in my mind, is that to become a citizen of heaven, to obtain the kingdom, to be called one of God's chosen people, to be his people, it is going to cost you something. Mm. And it may not necessarily be monetary means, like the uh, tribune says here, that he purchases for a large sum of money. It may not be that way for us. And so what I want us to see, if you want to recall in Matthew the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 13, my favorite parable. It's actually a one-verse parable. So this is Matthew, chapter 13, and Jesus says, The kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in a field, which a man found and covered up. Then in his joy he goes and sells all that he has and buys that field. Mm. We could spend a lot of time uncovering this parable and talking a lot about it. Um, and you and I have done that in the past, in fact. It was a good conversation. But for the sake of time, what I want us to realize is that when he discovers that the kingdom of heaven was a treasure and that it meant something, he sold 
all that he had. And so when we ask, what is it that it's going to take to get us into the kingdom of heaven? Is it a large sum of money? Is it our house? Is it our friends? Is it our family? What is it? It is all that we have. Mm, mm. And that may not necessarily mean that you sell your house, you sell your car, and that you leave your family behind. But what that means is there is a change in that value in your relationship to those things, I think, at the very least. Mm, mm. And so it is going to cost us something to enter into the kingdom of heaven to get in. And it is all that we have. Do you so, have some thoughts on so that? So seeing this Roman citizen, this, this Roman tribune who paid a large sum of money to have citizenship in Rome, you're seeing the value he placed on Roman citizenship. Yes. He, he was willing to whatever that sum was, and we obviously don't know the amount, but, in, but Roman citizenship was so important to him, he was willing to sacrifice and give up this huge sum of money to become a Roman. And we have a citizenship, and the kingdom costs us everything. It is interesting. Yeah, it doesn't... It, it, it is a unique contrast um, because because I don't show up at church and the church says, ah, if you want to be a part of our church, well, they shouldn't anyway. I guess maybe there are some that do, but you you know they, they don't say, all right, if you want to be a part of our church, well, what we need is a contribution of $120,000 or a mm. million dollars or $500,000 or that sort of thing. We don't have that. Mm. We don't have that. Cults do that. That's, that's what cults do. Mm-hmm. Okay. So if you want to be a member of us, you, you, you've got to Give all this money, and that's how you get to be one of us. We don't have that. We don't have that. But Jesus does point out that there is the cost, and you need to count the cost. And while it's not, let me write you a check, it is, let me turn everything I have over to Jesus. And so it's not that I write the deed and now I up to my house and I put Jesus' name on it, and now it's his house, but, but it is. His name is on the deed. This is his house. It's not my house. It's not that I put the title in his name legally, but hey, this is his car, and I use this car for him. And it's not that I I go hand over my children and my wife and say, okay, these are now your slaves, but but we are. This is this is your family, and what you want me to do with this family, and that shows the value I place on the kingdom. I I want this kingdom citizenship so much. I hand everything over to Jesus. That's powerful stuff. Yeah, just like this guy here in this parable, he recognized the value of mm-hmm. the kingdom as a treasure, and so he was willing to s- turn over all that he had to obtain the value that he saw in the kingdom. In the kingdom, yeah. So that's interesting. You know, when, when I look at this thing with the Roman tribune, now, so, so you were just talking about the parable again in Matthew 13. We get back to Acts chapter 22. My mind always goes in a different direction on this, so I, I appreciate kind of looking at this from two angles, because what I often think about is is how what the Roman tribune here demonstrates explains the great shock of the apostles in Matthew 19. In Matthew 19, the rich young ruler, the guy we call the rich young ruler, comes up to Jesus and says, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus says, well, keep the commandments. I've done that since my youth up. And Jesus says, well, eh, I don't know that you have. And he demonstrates that actually the, the ruler has had a God before Yahweh his whole life and maybe didn't realize it. And that's his stuff. His stuff is his God. And that's where, you know, honestly, it does tie together with, with your parable there because what he's supposed to do is give up that stuff. He's supposed to understand how valuable the kingdom is. But, you know, Jesus didn't say, come write me a check. He said, go get rid of your stuff and then come follow me. 
the ruler is not willing to do it, at least not right then. I do have a friend that says, hey, let's not throw him under the bus. Maybe he repented later. Okay, I'm happy. I hope he did. I hope he did. But as far as at that point, he leaves disappointed and sad, and Jesus turns to his apostles and says, well, it's hard for rich people to enter the kingdom of heaven. And the disciples are, what? I mean, if rich people can't enter the kingdom of heaven, who can it's it's in Acts 22 that I find out why they had that reaction because they understood what it took to be a Roman citizen. What did it take? It took money. Rich people got to be Roman citizens. Rich people got to pay their way into the Roman kingdom. And what we find out is that Jesus' kingdom is not like that at all. You don't pay your way in to Jesus' kingdom. Not in the same way. You're also not born into it. G, uh, Paul was born a Roman citizen. Mm -hmm. Of course, we enter the kingdom of heaven by being reborn, born again of water and spirit. This ties back to what we talked about on Wednesday. But we, we come into the kingdom because Jesus paid the price. Jesus paid the cost for us to get into the kingdom, and that was everything. He left heaven. He came into the, excuse me, he left heaven. He came into the world, and he went to the cross. He paid the cost for us to get into the kingdom, which I think, by the way, let's just bring this full circle, gets us back to Matthew 13. That's the next parable, the parable of the pearl of great price. I, I know I take a weird view on this. I do not think these two parables are repetition. I think, I think you've accurately described the great treasure. Here is a person that sees the kingdom and how valuable the kingdom is and sells everything. In the pearl of great price, the kingdom is the merchant. If you, if you look at that, it says, what's the kingdom like? It's like a merchant in search of pearls who sold everything and bought a pearl. The kingdom is the merchant who sold everything and bought the pearl. What's that? I think that's Jesus giving up everything to purchase you and me because he valued us so much. He paid the price so that we could be purchased. It's a powerful thing. Great stuff. So, so here's this passage. It may not be filled with, you know, here's some doctrine, here's some teaching, but it just isn't it interesting how it sends us in, in various passages and different things that have happened through Scripture to just help us lock in what the kingdom is. Super excited about this. Well, it's been a great week, Jackson. Thank you for filling in for Andrew this week. I know Andrew appreciates that even though we've thrown him under the bus a couple times this week, which was, you know, I admit, fun. It but, was. It's good to be here. <laughs> but glad that you could do that. And I'm looking forward to continuing this with you over the next couple of weeks. And so, uh, hey, I almost forgot. If you guys want to let us know what you're learning, text talk at christiansmeethere.org. You can email us, text talk at christiansmeethere.org. Jackson, why don't you wrap up this episode in this week with a prayer? Heavenly Father, we are so thankful to be citizens in your kingdom. Lord, we recognize the value and the worth of this kingdom, and we know that it costs all that we have, and we are content with that, Lord, because your glory and the honor and the riches of your grace that come in this kingdom is more important than anything we could ever have on, and obtain on this earth, Lord. And so we pray that we would our hearts would recognize this and that we would live by it and not be connected to our stuff, Lord, but to be invested in your kingdom, just as Paul was, as the apostles were, and ultimately as Jesus was, Father. And we are so thankful for your grace and for your mercy in this kingdom we are in. And it's through Jesus we pray. Amen. Amen. Thanks for talking about the text with us today. I'm Edwin Crozier, and I'd like to invite you to join the Christians Who Meet on Livingston Avenue this Sunday for our Bible classes and worship. You can find out more at christiansmeethere.org. Check out our daily written devotional that goes along with today's episode. 
You can find a link for it in our show notes. Michael Eldridge wrote and sang all four parts of our theme song. You can get more from him at acapeldridge.com. Remember to subscribe, rate, and review our podcast so others can learn about it more easily. Have a great day. If Andrew were here, though, I know exactly what he would say. He would say, yet another Acts sermon that didn't get to be finished. And then he goes, <laughs> 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 sorry. That's terrible. He'll probably lean back pretty he's, far. He's going to listen to that and you're going to be in trouble. That's probably true. <laughs> <laughs> Edit this.